This is Amherst at 200, celebrating mind, heart, and community. I'm Biddy Martin, president of Amherst College. In this episode, Kathy Cha, class of 1988, argues that a liberal arts education opens students to change and growth. And while change is sometimes uncomfortable, it is also invaluable. Here's Kathy. My name is Kathy Cha. Uh, I'm an architect. I live in New York City, and I am a proud member of the Amherst College class of 1988. I've also served as a trustee for the college uh, and also on the annual fund. Ultimately, my career has evolved into one of being an architect full-time. I run my own firm with my husband, and together we have been designing buildings and environments for about 25 years. I'm Jeffrey Wright, Amherst class of 1987, and this is Amherst at 200, celebrating mind, heart, and community. Kathy Cha is an award-winning architect and co-principal of Desai Cha Architecture. Kathy graduated from Amherst with a bachelor's degree in fine arts and then went to MIT for her master's. Shortly afterwards, she began work with famed architect Maya Lin on numerous projects before co-founding Desai Cha in 1996. Desai Cha has designed homes, buildings, and spaces around the world. It's known for its expressive use of material and light to create bold designs. Kathy grew up outside New York City. I came from a small high school, public school, uh, in Westchester County, Byram Hills High School. And uh, I graduated with the same group of kids that I had known all my life. Although when I was in middle school, we moved around a bit. So I lived in Brussels for three years, lived in California for two years. But my high school experience was really with the same group of kids that I had known for almost all my life at that point. My first uh, encounter hearing about Amherst happened in high school. When I was looking at colleges, I had the opportunity to do a tour with my best friend from high school. Her cousin was actually a junior at Amherst College at the time. So we did a big road trip up through New England, stopped off at Amherst, met with her cousin, and her cousin gave us this tour of the campus and introduced us to people and told us about the college. I immediately fell in love with it and thought it was an amazing place. Kathy quickly found her footing at Amherst and connected with a professor who helped her to see how a liberal arts education would lay the groundwork for her career in architecture. That first week when I arrived on campus, it's a bit of a blur now. I came from a small high school and it was going to a place like Amherst was really, you know, just a, a first experience for me in terms of being away from family, completely on my own. I just remember being really overwhelmed, and it was a lot to take in at one time. But I remember meeting some wonderful people on my dorm room floor, immediately bonding with them. And those women are still uh, some of my closest and dearest friends. So, uh, so those first few days, while it was filled with a lot of anxiety and you know confusion at times, and uh, could be very overwhelming. I'd say after the first month, I sort of found my grounding. Initially, I came to Amherst College thinking I was going to be a math major, and I really focused on that. And the fine arts component 
sort of evolved after I spoke to a couple of faculty members who suggested that I speak to Sam Morse in the fine arts department. Sam was my advisor. I also took several classes with him, which I really enjoyed. He teaches wonderful classes on Asian art and Asian art history. Amherst established an architectural studies program and major in 2012, but no such option was available when Kathy was a student. At one point when I was at Amherst, I actually thought about leaving because I felt like to be able to really pursue an education in architecture, I might have to go to a school that actually had an undergraduate architecture program. Sam was the person who encouraged me to think really broadly about my personal interests and how a liberal arts education could nurture that. And Sam was the one who explained to me how I could take the liberal arts education at Amherst and shape it to be what turned out to be an incredible foundation for my career as an architect. And that really showed me the interconnectedness of so many different fields and how they can relate to architecture. So I think I was very lucky to have Sam's guidance uh, where he basically explained that there are so many different ways of approaching a profession like architecture, and you can look at it through so many different lenses. In talks about her career and approach as an architect, Kathy has brought up one of those different lenses through which you can approach architecture. Recently, she's spoken about the connection between math and art. I think the connection between math and art really lies in the level of rigor that's involved in each discipline. In every single field, there's a level of rigor that's involved to really master the information, the material, and to put yourself through the paces of thinking analytically through a process. So the process that one goes through when one is creating a work of art has a very similar level of commitment and rigor that one has when you're, you're working through a set of math principles and problem sets. And I think art and math really overlap a lot more than people think. Math is actually very creative and problem solving in math is a really creative experience. For me, art and math really fuse together in architecture because you're talking about a creative process and a set of sort of art-driven themes, but yet there are structural principles, there's aspects of physics that play into it. Math, to me, also has a real elegance to it. I've always appreciated the beauty of an elegant plan and I think the satisfaction that one gets going through sort of both strands of processes on the math side and the art side has similar sort of, you know, similar sort of satisfaction at the end. I, I always find it interesting that from what I've understood about Amherst, uh, when I was there, the most popular majors were economics and English. And now math is actually, I think, one of the most popular, if not the most popular major at the college. And I think that that says a lot about where we are today and the fact that math and computer science, I think people hopefully now see them as broader subjects, creative subjects and subjects that overlap a lot with other disciplines.
that early crossover between math and art turned out to be a really amazing foundation for my career as an architect. While at Amherst, I was also able to go on a fellowship, uh, travel a traveling fellowship across the country to study homes designed by Frank Lloyd Wright. And throughout my Amherst education, I think every course that I took has ended up feeding into what I do as an architect. I took courses in philosophy, anthropology, fine arts, math, physics, drama, and all of these classes actually helped me to evolve my thinking about the built environment and communities, a sense of place, a sense of belonging, and also just ways people interact and ways people think. And I always appreciated the debates and the discussions in the class because I feel like in architecture, there's often not enough debate and discussion. So that process that I went through during the Amherst College years really allowed me to sort of flex my muscles in terms of thinking. I think in terms of architecture design, Amherst College probably didn't have all of the things I needed to be able to go to grad school and immediately jump into the design process. I definitely saw that difference when I was in grad school. There were some students who had gone to a five-year Bachelor of Architecture program. They knew all the technical aspects. They knew all of the sort of technical tools and skill sets. I felt like those were aspects that I could learn but the analytical, critical thinking part of my Amherst College experience, that's not something that is so easy to learn once you're in grad school, because you're so involved in so many other tasks. So I'm grateful that Amherst sort of gave me that early jump start into critical thinking and allowing me to use that to go forward in my education as an architect. Kathy's unique trajectory towards a career in architecture means that her firm's approach to design involves more than just the aesthetic. Architecture, for myself and my husband, we really believe that architecture encapsulates our clients, the site, methods of construction and, and structural expression that are core and central to uh, sort of integrity and honesty in a building. We think about environmental issues, and we think about how light and materials engage a space and provide a sort of a renewed sense of inspiration, as well as a connection to somebody's history, or to the history of a place, or to the history of a community. So there's this sort of very, I guess, it's a very nuanced but very complex set of layers that create architecture. And over time, I've realized that architecture goes beyond what an architect does. It's really about what happens after the architect finishes their task. So once a building is built, that's the true test of the architecture because it has to be enduring and it has to be meaningful for the people who use it and it has to be meaningful for those who might come later. I really think about architecture as each building is a, a long-term commitment. So 
architecture really has to be very, very flexible. Um, and it also has to be willing to question itself. I think one thing that has been, I think, a challenge for architecture is that it's gotten very caught up in this virtual world. So people go on the internet, they look at images, and architecture has been really influenced by a lot of the image making that's out there. But at the core of it, the building has to be experienced in person, and it has to be its its real test is whether it's enduring as a physical place for people to gather, communicate, collaborate. One of the ways that Kathy's approach to architecture manifests is in how she addresses what she calls baggage, the hesitations, goals, fears, and beliefs that a client brings into the design process. I often tell clients that when they embark on a project, an architecture project, they carry a lot of baggage with them. And it's really important to think about how that baggage can be used as inspiration and as guidance and as a way of expressing who they are in a project and giving meaning to that project based on personal experiences and how a group of people come together and have common aspirations. But I also let clients know that baggage is something that one has to be willing to let go of. That baggage may need to be questioned and analyzed and perhaps reevaluated going forward in the future. So for students, when they come to a place like Amherst, they're bringing with them a lot of their own personal experiences, their culture, their heritage. And I think it's important for them to recognize how valuable that is in terms of their own narrative and who they are and what brought them to Amherst. It's important to share that with other students around them and even with faculty. I mean, I find that faculty at Amherst are so interested in the students and interested in the students' backgrounds. And to be able to share things like that with faculty is really important because they're also there to essentially help you learn about yourself. But I think there are times when it is important to put to the side some of the baggage that you bring or some of these kind of like narratives that you bring in order to open yourself to new stories and new directions for your life and where you're going to go. In many ways, the ability to identify and let go of baggage when necessary is a crucial part of growth. Kathy ties that idea back to Amherst's approach to change. So I think Amherst's strength is its ability to be willing to take risks. Amherst has taken a lot of risks over the years, and some of those risks may not be so apparent to everyone right away. But I think in the, in the broader scheme of things, it has taken some really brave and bold risks that I think are resulting in difficult change and maybe sometimes change that takes a while to sort of emerge in a positive way. So the one example I would give is, you know, Amherst has made a tremendous commitment towards diversity in its student population. And not all schools have done that. And not all schools have done that with the same level of uh, financial commitment. And Amherst has really tried to provide in as many ways as possible for a diverse community. And I think that that has definitely had growing pains along the way. It's definitely 
created situations where, you know, there are probably alums right now who are looking at Amherst saying, that doesn't seem like the same place that I went to. It looks, you know, different, or it seems to have different um, kinds of classes now, and the kinds of um, activities that the students are doing are different. But it is still at the core the same place. What I appreciate about Amherst is it's willing to evolve, and it's willing to go through the growing pains of that level of evolution. I think Amherst continues to do really well and really brilliantly what it's always done, which is the excellence of education. The faculty there, it's a credit to them that they continue to drive forward a level of work ethic and thinking and um, and forcing students to get out of their comfort zone. So when I came to Amherst, I came from a, a public school where the structure of the education was really, for the most part, sitting in the classroom, listening to a teacher, absorbing that information and being able to present it in a, a fairly straightforward way. It was a kind of very straightforward back and forth or, you know, doing test taking or writing essays. But the dynamic of the Amherst College classroom is much different than what I experienced in high school. So all of a sudden, it was much more dynamic, much more, it went a lot deeper in, in many ways in terms of the course material. And that level of risk taking uh, to put yourself out there and really put forward a set of ideas or connections that wasn't coming from the teacher or the faculty member, um, but was something that you had to sort of pull together and defend and also be ready to listen to other students talk about their opinions and ideas and absorb that quickly and kind of have this real dialogue and discussion and back and forth. So when I think back on my Amherst College experience, I had so many classes that were really quite small in numbers. So students in the classroom, there may have been six in one class, 14 in another, but it was a very small group. And being brave and participating in those discussions and being willing to, you know, test ideas on myself and on my fellow students, kind of in a, a very intimate environment, that was a challenge for me. Um, but I feel like it really forced me to develop a set of skill sets that I still use today. And it's also forced me to be much more willing to reach out to people for conversation. It's, it's sort of the gift that keeps on giving because once you leave with that kind of an education, you have a foundation that you continue to nurture and use. And you're, you're like a, a lifelong learner at that point. And you never take anything for granted, or at least I don't. I feel like with an Amherst education, you, you constantly sort of try to do better, do more, think about what you can do for your community, think about the interconnectedness of different fields, reach out to people from different fields. I feel like when I left Amherst, I, I was much more prepared to ask difficult questions and to be prepared for maybe pushback or maybe not always being in the majority voice, but yet being able to state, state my position and hope that there would be respectful discussion around that. Um, so I feel like Amherst was a place where I was able to have those kinds of conversations to prepare me for future conversations to come.
you come out of a four-year education at a place like Amherst, probably a very different person than you did when you first entered. And it's not that you're different in a way that forces you to let go of who you were when you came in, but you're different in a way that you have maybe a level of maturity, maybe a, le a level of vulnerability, and maybe a level of open-mindedness than you started that then lets you be further connected to the world around you by having this kind of like new lens or new set, a new set of lenses to look at things. That sense of change and growth paired with the rich and broad liberal arts education contributed to what Kathy described as one of the most positive impacts Amherst has had on her. I think the most valuable lesson I gained from my Amherst experience is to always stay curious and to always be willing to um, dig deeper into something. Uh, and frankly, to be willing to seek out information or ideas and do, do the hard work to get the answers. Um, so I'm, I'm always reminded about that in my own profession because architecture is one in which you can go about it in a very perfunctory way and do cookie cutter designs and just crank them out one after the other without much thought. Or you can look at each project afresh and question the premise, question the conditions of the site, rethink the program and how people might use the space, imagine what their future could be in a building and think through flexibility over time. So the more questions you put out there when you're designing a building, the richer the end product usually is. With Amherst being an environment that really nurtures curiosity and forces students to ask a lot of questions and to think about what are those important questions to be asked, that has helped me tremendously in my career and has allowed me to continue to learn new things every single day. Architecture at its core is, is really trying to be aspirational. My experience at Amherst nurtured that sense of how do you, how do you allow something to be aspirational? How do you encourage people to be aspirational? How do you, how do you develop environments that aspire to more than just housing people or more than just giving people a workspace, but give them a place that is inspirational. I think students maybe need to just be told before they start college, whether it's Amherst or any other place, that it's not going to be four years of all great days. There are going to be highs, there are going to be lows, there are going to be challenging moments. Um, but I look back and I think, you know, it, it makes you stronger when you go through four years where it's not always predictable. It's not always pretty. That's really important. Because I have to say that in life, after leaving Amherst College, I mean, if I thought there were challenging days at Amherst, there were whoppers of challenging days after I left Amherst. And so the, the resilience that I had to build up 
at Amherst and the support that I had, because I had a lot of support from friends and from faculty members who really, you know, they looked, they looked out for me, that helped to build up my confidence. So looking back now as an alum, almost 35 years later, I do think back to, oh, I wish I had taken that class or, oh, I should have, you know, dug in deeper um, to those assignments uh, instead of skimming the text and sort of, you know, just getting by on X, Y, and Z. And if I could go back to Amherst now, I would soak up every class I could get my, you know, my body into for a, an opportunity to sit with those faculty members and listen to what they have to say and listen to my fellow students and what they have to say. Because now I really look back and appreciate the richness of that environment, which you don't find very often once you leave college. I mean, there are moments where you can have those rich experiences, but it's, I don't, I mean, in my life, I haven't had four, another four year period where I've had that level of rich education, critical thinking, and people who were willing to be in it, in the thick of it with me. I mean, I feel like the students that were part of that experience and the faculty members that were part of that experience that I had, I'm very lucky that I had so many people around me who were also equally as charged up and energized and ready to dive into it. At a place like Amherst, because you're on a residential campus with a fairly small population and it's somewhat isolated, you're sort of in this little, you know, bubble. I mean, I guess that's the stereotype that one would use. You know, it's, it's, it is a bit of a bubble. But I would say cherish that bubble because for four years you have this opportunity to be in this environment and it's almost a safe space because it's really, you've got the sort of umbrella of the faculty and the administration giving you all of these resources and all of these amazing um, teachers to work with, you know, it's, it's, such a, it's such a gift. Thanks for listening. I'm Jeffrey Wright, Amherst class of 1987, and this is Amherst at 200, celebrating mind, heart, and community. A production of Amherst College in association with Cadence 13, narrated by me, Jeffrey Wright. Executive produced by Biddy Martin, Ian Mont, and Rebecca Kennedy. Produced by Catherine Duke, Beth Schumacher, and Sandy Danelius. Written, directed, edited, and mastered by Ian Mont. Technical and equipment support by Sean Cherry. Creative consultation by Catherine Duke, Carly Nardowitz, Connolly Stokes-Buckles, and Molly Whalen. Music from Source Audio and Extreme Music. Archival support from Michael Kelly. Music